Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And today we have been thinking about what we want to move into. We've been spending a lot of time on female sexuality, and we Mm -hmm. are ready to move into another important subject. And today, it's about our higher power. Yes. Or God. Mm Mm-hmm. We're talking about God. And really important because the relationship we have with this higher power Mm -hmm. is going to guide a lot of our recovery or healing, yes, uh, rebuilding, strengthening relationships, really everything good that we try to do in here with someone on whatever side of the issue, God is a big part of that or your higher power. Kind of like 12 step where it's a higher power focus. Yes. Yeah. Where it's not religiously based in any way, but it's based on a higher power as you understand them. And so I think today in some of the things that we talk about, we may have a Judeo-Christian sort of bent to it, but realize that, you know, you can have your, your higher power as, as you see him or her or, you know, however it is that you define your higher power as, um, it's a power greater than yourself. Right. And understanding that, you know, if you look at yoga theory, it's this concept that like kind of spiritually we're all connected into like one spirit, you know, it's a bit, it's this sense of it's something that's greater than you. It can drive your connection and it can drive the healing processes that you go through, the recovery that you go through. It's just a very important concept. Right. And a big one that we talk about in here a lot is belonging and how we need a sense of acceptance and belonging and this power greater than ourselves is a place where ideally there is belonging and Mm -hmm. I'm part of something bigger than me. There's a community that I join and this gives me strength and support. And so, you know, when you talk about God and why God matters, I think this is a good question. And I think it's a good question from the standpoint of maybe I've always had God in my life, so am I doing it because I'm supposed to? Right. It's expected? Or or is it what I would seek on my own? Yes. Is it something that I really want and really makes a difference? Or is it maybe just sort of on the side as one option? Because usually, and I think that this is fair, there's mm-hmm. maybe, um, what's the term I'm looking for when you underutilize a resource. <laughs> I mean, underutilized. Yeah, there you go. Um, there, there's definitely a sense with a lot of the people that I talk to that God is there, but they need more. They need mm-hmm. some other solution. They need some other help. And to be fair, often what they've been told is to maybe just pray about the issue or just, you know, study harder. And that didn't exactly fix, you know, what we 
felt was the problem. And so that makes sense. And so I, I would invite you, if you're listening, to just consider how big is God in your life, yeah. in your recovery, in your healing process? What role uh, is he or they playing in your recovery? And how do you feel about that? Is right. it too big? Is it too small? Maybe there's a lot of frustration, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about. Yeah. I think that, that concept of, of how big it is is important and how big you want that to be. And then that runs into a lot of different other things that we were going to talk about today. And I think we, you know, how do you connect to God is a big piece. What does that look like in your life? Um, and we've talked before about in recovery and in healing process that I have those connection things like as your dailies, right? You're connecting to God, you're connecting to others, you're connecting to yourself. So, um, oftentimes when I talk to people about connecting to God, I said, Oh yeah, I like checked a box and I said, okay, well, is that connecting to God or is that checking a box, like a religious (laughs) box or some, um, box that you have this belief that, okay, if I do this thing, but are you actually connecting? And what does that actually look like to connect to God? Mm -hmm. How would you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. if you think about times in your life where you have felt really connected to God, how did you know what was different? Yeah. Why were those times more memorable? Why do they elicit more feeling or even more emotion Mm -hmm. uh, physically in your body? Why? What was it about that connection that was so meaningful? And I think we've talked a little bit about some of these concepts before, but this being vulnerable with God, like, are you showing up? really showing up as, as you, or is it, uh, maybe a memorized prayer that doesn't have a lot of, of you in it? Are you like talking with God from a vulnerable space? Right. Um, I had a friend that said everything in her prayer changed when she realized that she could be angry with God and that he could take it. (laughs) It's true. And it just shifted a whole lot of things for her and how she connected with God. Mm. She was able to be more real and more vulnerable um, because she had realized that, Hey, I could do this. I can, I can talk to God and I can, I can be upset. I can be sad. I can be hurt. I can ask questions you know, that vulnerable space of really showing up. What does that provide? What benefit? Well, I think it, and again, it connects us to something greater than ourselves. I think it connects us to love. It gives us value when we connect. Yeah, and I think that's probably what we're lacking the most, is it not? Mm-hmm. I think often in the moment of tragedy, what we what we want to avoid is the pain, mm-hmm. but really secretly the greatest fear we have isn't, you know, this temporary pain or suffering. It's, it's like a forever forgotten, forever unloved, forever disconnected, um, disconnected, unseen, yeah. invisible. And I think that's where God really can play a role in our lives. Yeah. If we can, and we'll talk a little bit about what keeps us from connecting. If mm-hmm. we can move past some of these things that keep us from connecting, 
what they become in our lives, our higher power, what they become is um, a sense of we do matter no matter what and things will work out. Mm-hmm. And it may not be when or how I want it to, but I can still have a sense that it will be okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you talk about the gospel just from a Judeo-Christian standpoint, mm-hmm. um, Christ was very much anti-fear. And, yes. And he said this a lot. And you, you consider today how many people are Christian who live the gospel and are afraid. Mm-hmm. And afraid a lot. Yeah. And maybe we think, well, he's talking about a different kind of fear, maybe. He doesn't really understand the issues <laughs> and problems today because it's pretty complex for sure. But to be so adamant against fear, I wonder yeah. if we're missing a benefit that he taught or teaches us about the gospel that we need to try to find. Yes. Oh, I absolutely agree. I know that for me personally, those times when I have felt most connected to God through challenging times are when I just have faith that it's just going to work out. Yeah. Things are going to be okay. And it, it silences a lot of the fears. And now we're not talking about like an anxiety disorder or something like that, right? That can be a little bit different and a little less, it takes a little bit more effort to kind of control or manage some of those, uh, those thoughts. It's the same process. It just can take a little Mm -hmm. bit more, more effort or perhaps medication or different things like that. Um, but as we can step into that space of this just is, it is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I am okay. It's going to be okay. I have no idea how, but it, that doesn't matter because I know God shows up for me. How does it not matter? That's such a good point to make, isn't it? Yeah. Because we, we have a way we want it to happen. And in fact, it's sort of an agenda. Let's talk about that. So what keeps us from connecting to our higher power? I think for me, the number one thing, and not just for me personally, but for people that I talk to, has got to be unmet expectations. So for yeah. whatever reason, and look, we, we've been taught a lot of this stuff our whole lives. We have ideas about it. We yep. know how we want God to show up in our lives. Yeah. And when that doesn't happen... Mm-hmm it's easy to feel like either we're not that important to him or he's not even there. Yeah. And this is where a lot of clients have or come to. We do, we've done something wrong. And so we're not worthy. At we're some not worthy, level. which makes us feel like we're just never going to be worthy enough because we're doing mm-hmm. what we can. And it looks like it's not enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really big one that can come with a lot of anger and resentment. And I think another one is a different kind of unmet expectation where we have some type of cultural or religious belief that isn't what we would want God to show up as, but it's what we believe that he shows up as, if that makes sense. Like... Some people will have just that belief that God is 
sort of a demanding or punitive God. Mm-hmm. It's not an unmet expectation as how they want things to go in their life or how they want God to show up. It's actually just this belief system that they have incorporated through the way someone said something at, at a church right. meeting or, you know, at, at home or culturally something like that, that they've then incorporated into their belief system about who God is and how God operates that is actually holding them back from connecting with God in a real and deep way. Definitely. So I think we have a lot of, there are a lot of different examples of how that happens. And I think it's a fair question to kind of challenge, you know, listeners a little bit. When life gets hard, how do you expect God to show up? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't beat yourself up for whatever you find there, but is he a, just a cosmic rescuer that swoops in and averts all the tragedies? How right. do you expect him to show up? Because if you do have an expectation of, hey, if you're really there and you really do love me, you're just going to take this. And, mm-hmm. and not that he can't, Right. It's not what I mean. And I think that we probably, all of us, have had some experience of a literal taking of. Mm -hmm. And we can keep going forward when we didn't think we could. Um, But it's almost like sometimes that happens. And then other times when it doesn't, now we were hoping that that would happen every time. And so what do we do with that? And how do we we hang in there? Right. When apparently I'm still struggling or maybe I'm struggling with something different and I'm hoping for a rescue and it's not coming, mm-hmm. at least not in the way I want it to. Yeah. yeah. And I have two thoughts about that. One of those is during a particularly challenging time, and I may have shared this before, I can't remember, we've done so many episodes, but um, during a particularly difficult time of, of healing and trying to understand why things didn't go the way that I had hoped that they would have gone in the situation. I just remember coming away from that experience with a very distinct feeling that it wasn't God's job to keep things from happening, but it was God's job to walk with me Mm -hmm. through the things that were happening. Which is, I think, a vital perspective to be in pain or sorrow or suffering and still maintain a closeness with God. You, yeah. you would kind of have to arrive at that perspective. I like how you put that. Yeah. Yeah. Another example of that is uh, sort of a metaphor that I recently have been talking about is uh, instead of being rescued from, sometimes we're rescued from the experience and sometimes it's like we're a hundred feet under the water and we don't know which way is up. And we've been without air for several minutes. And we really, really, really need to breathe. And you know that feeling. I know you can think about that feeling when you've been underwater too long. And you just, you have to breathe. But you you can't, you know. And so you're in that amount of, of pain and distress and needing that. And instead of being rescued from it, um, it's what, uh, what some people call the enabling power of God is God looks at you in that water with you. He's with you in that water and says, you're going to be okay. And 
you look back and say, how am I going to be okay? I'm like, I can't, I can't breathe. I'm, I'm dying. I'm literally dying here. And God says, you're going to be okay. And you realize then that it's been 20 minutes and you're still there. You're still in just the same level of distress, but you're still there. You haven't, you haven't died yet. You've been able to carry on a little longer and a little longer. And then it's a day and a week and a month however long. And that's a different way of God showing up than sometimes we think about. And I think that's a powerful one. I like that one. That's, that's a great imagery. I mean, just describing that is kind of heavy. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all relate, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's a great way to describe that because that's how it feels. Yeah. And we don't want God to say it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. And we're still in the same place for 20 minutes or a day or a week or a month. No, I want you to bring me to the surface. And I want you to bring me up on a beach. And I want it to be comfortable. And uh, I want some time to do what I want to do and what I feel I need to do. So you telling me to stay down here, not to stay down here, but... That, that it'll be, be okay. okay. Even though I am down here is not. <laughs> Even though I'm dying. I'm, yeah. That's yeah. a great analogy. Yeah. One of the quotes that I liked, that I really like from uh, Rumi, who's a meditation guru, and I think we may have mentioned it before, but I like it in this context. This other context is, um, your task is not to seek love, but merely to seek for, seek and find all the barriers within you that you have built against it. So that's, this is talking about, yes, sorry, let (laughs) me say it again. But as you, as I say it again, I want you to take it in the context of, again, here's a little uh, Judeo-Christian reference, but in the context of first John four, eight, which says that God is love. So if if God is love, then think about that in terms of this, um, in the context of this quote. Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within that you have built against it. So your task is not to seek for God, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within that you have built against him. Right. So what are your barriers? What are, and we've talked about some of those shame, worth, feeling like you, you aren't worthy to approach. You're mm-hmm. not worthy to, unless um, you meet some right. crazy standard or which, which is not a standard likely that is even anywhere we can find, mm-hmm. but that we've built up in our own minds or possibly in our, our culture or family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, beliefs about God that aren't useful. I think I may have mentioned in these episodes before feeling like God was always there in my life previously. It's a previous version of how I viewed God. God was always there in my life, but was kind of in this above the ground watching me like do kind of a Spartan race where you're like slogging through the mud and everything that's so hard and you're barely making it. And God's up there cheering you on. You can totally do it. You've got this. I'm here for you. And, and I, I realized that that's the way that I viewed God. And I realized that I didn't feel like that fit 
with how I believed that God really, if I think of an completely loving mm-hmm. being, right, that that wouldn't be how God would show up for me. It's too far away. It's too detached. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the shift was now I believe that God is my best friend and we're on a journey together and we're walking through, sometimes we're slogging through mud together, but it's so much better when you're together and you're chatting and you're having a good time and you're laughing at the discomfort and, or you're comforting each other through it. Or sometimes you stop and rest and, and you just have that person who loves you so completely with you at every moment. So I think sometimes we have these beliefs and these expectations about God. What, so do you have any of those? Do you have any beliefs about how, about who God is or how God shows up? And is that consistent with the kind of God that you want to believe in? So here's another quote that that reminds me of from the book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. This is what it says. The conventional explanation that God sends us the burden because God knows that we are strong enough to handle it has it all wrong. Fate, agency, weaknesses, mortality, not God, sends us the problem. When we try to deal with it, we find out that we are not strong. We are weak. We get tired. We get angry. We get overwhelmed. But when we reach the limits of our own strength and courage, something unexpected happens. We find reinforcement coming from a source outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And in the knowledge that we are not alone, that God is on our side, we manage to go on. And that, I think, is the friend by our side perspective Mm -hmm. that hopefully we develop and continue to develop. Because I love that quote that what's inside of us keeping us from that relationship with love or with God? Yes. What are the barriers? What are your barriers? What, how did you believe that God would show up like David was saying? And then when that didn't happen, what did that create for you? And I think Sherry can share her two cents here, but I think a lot of times when we pray for something important, like who to marry, we (laughs) feel good and receive an answer. And it almost seems based on the intentions of the people who are trying to get married. And unfortunately people change. And then it turns out that this relationship, (laughs) sometimes sometimes we're we're improving in good ways, right? (laughs) Yes, definitely. And then if the marriage doesn't work out, it feels like, I was betrayed right? because the answer was very clear that this Mm -hmm. was who I needed to be with, but something changed along the way and we're no longer together. And not only that, but I mean, this is not a clean process and there is a lot of hurt and a lot of my entire life now has to be restructured and I'm getting older. I should not be restructuring at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything has gone upside down. And so what happened? Yeah. And I think that that's probably one of the bigger yes. betrayals we can feel like we've received. And this is why I, I kind of feel like it's an intention thing often. Not that he doesn't know what's going to happen, <laughs> like he knows what's going to happen, but almost like it's okay that it does. 
because of everything else that's part of this process, including, I mean, we talk about a sense of value and purpose. We talk about finding purpose and pain. Yes. What's some of the purposes we can find in such a painful process? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, I know for me, as I've gone through difficult things, purpose has been a huge one and the meaning and the pain. And for me, a lot of those are the strength that you gain from going through something really hard the compassion and understanding and empathy that you gain that you can now show up for someone else in a way that you couldn't before Mm -hmm. because you just didn't know you didn't know you didn't understand yeah what if that is what this is all about and, and yeah. not that he's choosing for some to learn that the harder way than others. I right. don't think that's the I case. Think we but... all end up going through some pretty hard things. Yeah, I think so. But it's, and again, it's not that he's, God is bringing those things into your right. life, but right. simply that that's just how human beings, that's just the life that we have here right. on earth, right? As that things are hard and complicated and misunderstandings and pain and all of that. And that all of those things can be turned toward our good because it gives us an ability to connect on a deeper level with others. Right. right. And to love more. And there would be no other way to arrive at that level of connection and understanding. Right. There really wouldn't. Right. I mean, especially if you, if you believe in, if you are a Christian right? Like that is how God understands us. Right. Having felt all of those things. And that gives us a taste of being able to support each other and love each other in a little way like God does in those moments. In other words, we're more loving. Yes. God is love and we're becoming love ourselves. Yes. Sounds pretty good. It does. It's just hard. It is. We, we'd like it's... to be able to chart that course, but... <laughs> yes. So, so many different things about how we how we think about God. And, and I would love, you know, it's an exercise I have a lot of my clients do is, again, how do you connect to God? What keeps you from ke- connecting to God? What are the barriers that you've built uh, inside yourself? And consider that and consider that with a a being that is all loving and what, uh, what things there are that are, that now don't match up and work on shifting those. If it feels right. Mm -hmm. Hopefully this was helpful. So lots of good thoughts to think about, good different exercises to do. And we hope that that helps you connect a little bit better with your higher power. And we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.